You ready to go? I'm ready when you are. You 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 ready to do this? I guess so. We're gonna go on one, a two, a three. It is Monday, everybody. It is a big Monday here on Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming. He is Jacob Eamon. I am the GM of the Idaho Anti-Vaxxers. He is the GM of the Favorites. And we are finally going head-to-head this week in our fantasy. I just want to say I'm coming off being, again, ah, the point leader of the week massive week for me my offense has taken off picked up casey mize today jacob how you feeling going up against probably the hottest team in the league <laughs> i'm actually it's curious that you bring up casey mize right before saying that your hottest team in the league um <laughs> he he netted what seven points in his last out and kind of a shaky start there's some good there's some bad putting a lot of faith in a kid after making one mlb start in the most important week of the season for you so far. I think it's an interesting move. I hope that it works out for you. Not. Well, he's replacing Matt Shoemaker. I don't need a lot of points from him. I don't uh, suffer in the points category with the my team. So even if he gives me seven, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy with okay. that. Because I got Trevor Bauer, Kenta Maeda going up tonight. So you're going to see that three-headed monster twice this week. And all the best to you. Yeah. You've almost caught up in total points. I've still edge you out there. So you may have been the total points leader this week, you know, win some. Been the total points leader uh, two of four weeks. Okay, sure. I've also been on the low end two of four weeks, you know. But we are figuring out our consistency on my team, and we're going to patch things up, and we're going to get going this week. And we might uh, create a point record this week. I'm not okay, sure. Okay, okay. I'll say that, you know, I had I had one like kind of major rough day and as you know, I wasn't putting a, a ton of work into making moves, doing anything. It's just kind of letting the kids play, you know, cuz I was winning by I don't know. How, how much did I win by? 200, 250? I Yeah, I mean that's I don't saying know. more I started, about the, uh, the the team you were playing than it is about your the team. The team that I was playing that almost beat you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost beat me, but oh, here I am. <laughs> Oh, wait, let me just check. Four and oh, oh, only one of two undefeated teams. Are you? Oh, no, three and one. That's the Sultans let us all down this week. I got to say the trash cans who have won. They beat me by a single point last week. I think they beat Sultans last night by what? Two, three Three points. Uh, That was very disappointing because that would have moved me into a no doubt first place best team, which I already feel like I am, but it would have validated that for me. So that was very, uh, very frustrating indeed. Yeah. Well, he's got a significantly more points, more points for and points against. So he's definitely a better team than you with the 4-0 record. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Jacob, how was your weekend? Were you able to relax at all, or were you just kind of stressing about the head-to-head matchup this week? Uh, Did you have any fun? Ooh, any fun. No, pretty much just looking at the lineup, preparing for this week. <laughs> Making sure guys got their rest. You know, as you know, I rested some guys. Um, but what what else did I do this week? Not a ton. I did some... Brittany and I had to film some auditions as a couple. Um, some some oh. couple commercial auditions happy couple i'm guessing yes yes yeah we uh you know we're actors we can figure it out 
little Subaru car commercial, a little RBC bank commercial. I like supporting the, the big guys. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have to pretend to be in a Subaru having a good drive together? Yes. Yes, we did. And that is, I think, the worst self-tape. Like, the more miming oh, that you sure. have to do, the more imagining of surroundings. Like, you're in a car and you... We had to like come up ac across this really beautiful sight that then causes us to have to kiss each other. Ooh, kissing your actual girlfriend on an audition, it's actually awkward, more awkward than you would think that mm -hmm. it is. You'd think, oh, that's so easy. We live together. We love each other. It's so easy to kiss each other. It is not. It is actually more awkward than kissing a stranger. Yeah, and it's a silent on camera thing. We had some, we're putting on some music, you know, it, it, it all just, there's nothing you can do to not make that awkward. Well, on that feel good story, I believe it is time for the underdog segment, The Game Diary. Sunday day game at the Trop. News before the game, Shoemaker's on the IL. That's it, you're off my fantasy. Idahoans wait for no one. The bodies are starting to pile up for the Blue Jays, but it's the first game since they ended their six-game winning streak, so no more blue freezy uniforms. It's time for my favorites, the away gray. Classic. My apartment smells like and clammy stale feet, and I want to burn all my furniture and move, but then I hear Dan Schulman say, and Fleming makes his major league debut. What? That's my name. It sounded like a dream I've had. And then Buck says, well, Fleming's a control guy. And wait, I'm controlling. Are they talking about me? Vladdy's DHing for his second straight game, but it makes sense. He must be exhausted. I mean, we all remember being 21, right? We've got, you know it, Trent Earthworm Thornton on the mound, trying to go beyond the 32 pitches he threw in his start on Thursday. Spoiler, he doesn't. I hear Dan say Fleming strikes out Biggio and it makes my heart race. That and the fact that I took a bunch of pre-workout but then didn't actually do anything but sit on the couch. So I'm just gunned on caffeine and kind of livid for no reason. Fleming strikes out Vladdy and now it's worm o'clock for the Jays. Thornton gets out of the first but it doesn't look easy and after a video of him rubbing his elbow, we may never see him again. And I don't understand. Worms don't have bones or ligaments. So in comes Tony K to try to save the day again. Now I'm at this point with Teos where when he hits a dinger, I still feel like he owes us for something that he's done in the field. So it always just brings him back to neutral. But he crushes one and pimps it by just walking to first base. The same speed he takes the ground balls in the outfield. But it's one nothing Jays after two. In the fourth, Flatty hits a ball in the only possible place he could to get a triple. And at the speed he was running, I thought he would just continue all the way into the back of an ambulance. But oddly, he doesn't even seem out of breath and he has a smile on his face like he knows what everyone's thinking. Old man Shaw cashes him in with a single and it's 2-0. In the fifth, here is a shout out to Kevin Biggio. Every time he hits the ball, he runs to first like he's chasing somebody who stole his wallet. Cut to a shot of Laddie on the exercise bike in the bullpen. He pedals for five seconds and says, fuck this. The Rays cash in three in the fifth and take the lead. A Jose Martinez single, a Meadows sack fly, and a Brandon Lau RBI single. It's around the sixth inning where I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror with my shirt off and I spend the next four minutes convincing myself I have full-blown gynecomastia. It must be from the finasteride from what I'm obsessively Googling. I start manically doing push-ups and dumbbell chest presses and flies to avoid the new nickname of milk tits. 
time for some major life changes. No more drinking, at least a vegetable a week, and look into going on steroids. After I come out of this borderline psychosis, the Jays are down 5-2, but Lourdes makes it close with an 8th inning 2-run bomb, but it's yet another close game loss for the Blue Jays, but all I can think about is the possibility of wearing a bra, and my life seems over, but Fleming wins. Fleming wins. Dreams do come true. Now, before we get into the game, I wanted to do a new segment with you, Jacob. This segment is going to be called One Good Reason. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to give me one good reason for something that occurred with the Blue Jays or something that might occur, and you will have 30 seconds. You only have to give me one, but it does have to be good. So... The first is, give me one good reason why Kevin Biggio was batting eighth in the lineup on Friday. Uh, a stroke, perhaps? A stroke by the manager? I don't know. I, I, don't, think it's, it's, uh, I don't think it's Charlie Montoyo that's doing that. Obviously, he's saying that that, that comes from above. Uh, I, I, I think a stroke may be some sort of... Uh, Blindness. That's 30 okay. seconds. That's all I got. I'll, I, I think stroke is actually good. I thought there was no way that you were going to give me one good reason for that. <laughs> I don't know how you found your way to one good reason, but you said it immediately. Stroke. We will accept that. Okay. Great. Second, give me one good reason why Danny Jansen was batting third in the same game. Um, Ryan Yarbrough is a left-hander Danny Jansen's got a short quick stroke if he could just get to that low and away change up he might be able to just get on base maybe he could work a walk you will have to give just one reason what do you think your best of those is cool mustache <laughs> oh comes in with I'll take that, and that leads me to, I mean, really... I don't know if he still had the mustache at that point. He may have shaved it, but uh, even just having that mustache in general, that might be a good enough reason to bat third. He did have the mustache, which leads me to my next question. Give me one good reason why Danny would shave such a sweet stash. I would assume, based on his performance against Ryan Yarbrough and in that game in general when he was put in the game simply for the fact that he had the mustache and then didn't feel like he deserved it anymore. I always find it. So you did that in 14 seconds. That was good. I always find it so um, alarming when a player has a bunch of facial hair, like a full beard, mustache, whatever, and then you see it shaved. It's like you know that they're struggling with something. They're trying to get out of a slump, and their baby-shaved face, to me, is always terrifying. Russell Martin used to do that. used to terrify me. Next up, give me one good reason that Blue Jays fans should not panic after Shoemaker, Thornton, Giles, Pearson, and Bo are all hurt. Your time starts now. Anthony Kay looks pretty electric every time he gets in the game. Uh, he's rarely looked bad he's rarely looked overmatched every time he comes in he looks like a, a hero stepping up and i think it's gonna be an opportunity to get him a bit of an extended run start a game and uh that's that's really all i got because it's it's a it's a scary prospect going forward but tony k 
that's uh that for me is not a good enough reason i think that there's some value there but with the amount of key players that they have on the il i don't know i don't know if anthony k uh being good can make up for both shoemaker and pearson and thornton being on the il well obviously one one pitcher can't but uh i don't know we can we can keep on going down the line but to give you one reason why three bad things <laughs> are happening is a bit <laughs> difficult i could give you three i could give you a good reason maybe for each of them do you want to see Merriweather go into the starting rotation or to at least get an opportunity to get a of start? Of course I do, but I don't think he will because I don't think he's stretched out enough for that. Maybe he is, maybe, but I, I'm assuming that it's it's going to be K and Hatch and then a, some sort of bullpen day. All right. Next question. Give me one good reason that the Blue Jays shouldn't trade Teoscar Hernandez for a starting pitcher? I don't think you'd get a good starting pitcher for Teoscar Hernandez. I think Teoscar Hernandez's value is probably not as high as it feels like it is to us. Maybe it is, but uh, I, I kind of doubt it. And, and, and then what are we doing in the outfield? And that's your time. Um, you feel that his value is not high enough just because he's only produced at this level for a short period of time and that the 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 true side of Teoscar Hernandez is going to be way lower average, way less. He walked three times yesterday. Yeah. I, I don't. That was shocking. I think me. he's still going to hit bombs for people, but yeah, I think his batting average is going to be lower. He's, he's going to walk less and strike out more probably. Um, and, uh, he's not a good fielder, so. Yeah, he, he really isn't. I, I guess in my mind, I think if they were to do something like that, maybe you see Biggio go to the outfield, but then I don't necessarily know. Then you got panic playing every day at second. Well, then you obviously, obviously, then you make a move for Xander Bogarts. <laughs> right, right. We're going all in this season. Well, that's not just this season. If you got Bogarts, you would have him for longer than this season. And hopefully, if you got a starting pitcher for Teoscar, it wouldn't be a rental. I don't think there's any reason you could make for the Blue Jays to get a rental this year. No, no, absolutely not. I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Teoscar gets you something, but I think to get something real good, especially that isn't a rental, you have to have a guy who's got a lot more upside. Then Teoscar is younger and has produced for longer, or, or, or one of those three things. This is the last question for you. Give me one good reason why Blue Jays fans should be excited about getting Daniel Vogel back from the Seattle Mariners. Oh, God. Um, I can. I don't think I've ever seen Vogelback play. I probably watched the All Star game. I don't know if he made an appearance. Apparently, he was an All Star last season. It's shocking. I don't know what injuries happened that led him to be a, re a replacement for someone. Um, he hit thirty home runs uh, last last year. Uh, 
I guess I guess the the best reason I've got is that that's your time. We'll let you finish this thought. That is your time. The best reason I've got is that when Charlie Montoyo looks down the bench in the eighth inning, looking for a pinch hitter, and he sees Joe Panic, Brandon Drury, and Santiago Espinal, and he's got two on and two out, and says, "Who's going to be able to cash in a runner here?" There is no confidence bringing in any of those guys that any of them are going to be able to do any significant damage. And I think if you put a guy in like Vogelback and he hit, he does walk into one of those 30 home runs, like then then uh, you look like a genius. Yeah, yeah, that that's yeah, that is actually that's well done. That's one good reason for sure. But that to me just sort of reminds me of the moment yesterday when. Telez comes in uh, for a pinch hit in kind of a similar situation where you're looking to drive the ball and he just swings at junk. He just swings at balls in the dirt all the time. And I don't want another dude coming off the bench who just strikes out too easily. Uh, it's, it's too easy for a team with pitching depth to attack a guy like that. Just don't throw them fastballs, strike them out. I think it's still better than what we got. I don't know. It feels similar to me as, as like if Rowdy's coming off the bench. But, but I don't want Rowdy coming off the bench. I hate when Rowdy's well, coming off the bench. I want Rowdy playing every day, either at first base or at DH, depending on what, what Vladdy's playing. Did you think it was weird that Vladdy was DHing two games in a row? I didn't think it was weird. No. Uh, Does it make you wonder if he's got a little tweak or uh, an injury of any kind? I don't think he would be playing at all if he did. I'm starting to become in favor, I think, of Vladdy DHing more. You think Vladdy, or you think, sorry, Rowdy is a better first baseman than Vladdy? Oh, for sure. But that isn't why I'm more in favor of it. Rowdy's 100% a much better first baseman than Vladdy. I don't know about... I mean, yes, at the present time, perhaps. I don't know about 100%. That seems like a lot, but I think Vladdy has incredible hands, got a good arm, and I think he could play first base really well. If you give him more than, oh, how many games has he played first base this year? Like 12, 10? Yeah, but that's not why I'm in favor of it either. I don't care about who's the better first baseman at this point. It just makes sense. Like He's in the worst shape. He has the most violent swing. He runs the bases like a maniac, slides head first. He doesn't have the most sound mechanics at first, knowing which foot to stretch or how to deal with runners coming at him when he's trying to make a catch. There are a lot of ways to get hurt. And he is he has to be the most likely guy on the team to get hurt. Can you think of maybe Travis Shaw you think might be more likely to get hurt? But really, there's no one else on the team that I think is more likely to get hurt than Vlad. And so doing something to limit that and obviously they have some data that produces uh, the reasons that say he will likely get have less chances to get hurt if he dhs as much as he plays first or slightly less then i think it's i think it's the right move for this season because it's it we need to wait for him to come into camp and for us to go into a season with him deciding to be in a shape where we don't have to worry about him getting hurt. Because right now, I, I'm pretty terrified every time he makes a swing, every time he runs the bases, that he is going to get hurt. I hear you, but it doesn't... For me, it, he's not hurt until he's hurt. And I know the fear of watching him play, and you wonder, oh, how, like when he was run, legging out that triple, I thought, oh, he's going to be off the roster tomorrow. He, he's definitely hurt something 
running this full out. But I'm not sure that Rowdy is in a lot better shape than Vladdy. I think there's just a lot more attention on Vladdy because of who he is and the potential that he brings. But I'm not sure that the high-performance metrics would say that Rowdy should be playing first base every day, too, if they're saying that about Vladdy. But, yeah, of course not. And, yeah, maybe Rowdy's not in a ton better shape than Vladdy, but he's played first base probably his whole life, knows exactly what he's doing out there 99% of the time. And if he does get hurt, it's not the biggest blow to your team as it is if Vladdy gets hurt. Yeah. So... I don't know. I just don't want to take this high ceiling 21 year old player and make him a permanent DH at this well, point. Well, you're not. He career. is. That, he's doing me, it to himself. Well, I don't know, man. He looks like he's in better shape than he was at the start. And I, I know, I know that sounds, you know, doesn't make him come across in a great light. Like he should have been in great shape from the get go, but he wasn't. And we have to accept that. But I'm not ready to say that he is a permanent Of course not. I'm not ready to say that either. I don't want that. And I do see what you're saying now about him looking better, looking like he's lost a bit of weight, particularly in the face, like you were mentioning, looking a bit less puffy. But that doesn't mean that his body is in a, in a way that his muscles and his tendons and everything are going to be responding to that as much as, like, instantly as we hope. I think he's still just as vulnerable to to injury and to fatigue, especially because he's doing all of this work trying to get his body back in shape on the side. Uh, I, I, I just think that it's not worth risking it this season because, yeah, we might be in the hunt for a playoff spot this season, but to what end? You know, to, to maybe make it out of the wild card and get swept by Tampa Bay or the Yankees or something? I, I, like, I don't think it's, it's worth it to... Uh, to not try him at DH as much as, as they are. Because, uh, like I said, if he gets hurt, then then we're not going anywhere. And he's not developing mm. and getting better at first base slowly. It, we just have to be a bit more patient with it. It is tough. It is tough because as soon as playoffs come into the picture and they are in a playoff spot right now as we speak, uh, it is tough to not want to go after that and to think about and then to just to to put that up against thinking about the future and thinking about protecting Vladdy. I, I, I don't know. I think if the Blue Jays can make the playoffs, I'm going to say that they could make it without Vladdy, but maybe that's not true. I don't know if they can make it without Vladdy playing really well. It, that's that's going to be tough. Without, okay, answer this. How how Out of a scale out of 10, how much do you like watching the Blue Jays right now with Bo Bichette gone? Uh, I don't know. It's still when they're winning. And I would say yesterday, the Sunday game was like a seven. Okay. And how much do you want to watch the Blue Jays if Vlad and Bo both aren't playing? You're just watching for Kevin Biggio and, and like surprise, surprise, uh, Teoscar home runs that don't make you feel good. And same with Gritchick probably too. It, it's a really good question and it does seem a lot worse like you know maybe like a five <laughs> yeah. but it's it's really interesting that it is that way because Kevin Biggio is such a fun player to watch and he's playing so well but it's it not is that, true that fun. I, I like get... it's it's really it's fun <laughs> in the context of other players being fun it's really solid but like is it exciting tv to watch Kevin Biggio walk three times in a game 
sometimes in the in these high stress situations and he gets on gets a walk when uh, it's there's two outs and walks the bases full or something but like it's not the same it's not the same even and you know as much as Vladdy's ground balls drive me crazy but when he smokes a ground ball even that's somewhat yeah. exciting like when it went through uh, Lau's legs because he hit it so hard and they called it a hit. They didn't even call it an error because he hit the ball so hard. That's really exciting. When Vladdy is good and when he gets better, and I think he is, I'm starting to feel more confident that he's going to figure things out more so and we're going to start seeing more hints and glimpses of what he was in the minors. He is on the level of a Tatis Jr., at least offensively, that he is going to make the Blue Jays and already does this team so fun to watch. The joy that he plays with when he gets to be himself and be happy and silly because he's playing well, it's amazing. Like you see in yesterday's game when he hits that triple and the camera catches him between first and second and he sees the guy splay out, has this huge grin on his face as he decides, fuck it, I'm running to third, baby. I'm doing it. Okay. I'm doing it. And, and then he makes it. And slides in, comes up, and he's joking around with some of the guys on the Rays, it looks like, saying, you know, he's like pointing to Rivera, saying he got waved to third. And just like you feel like he's aware of of his previous attempts trying to get a triple and getting thrown out. You just, it, he is super fun, and it will be super fun when he is, when he is good. And with the weight loss in his face, you see him with his helmet off and he's got his hair tied back. He's starting to look a lot more handsome, like the shape of his face without the puffiness. You see the kind of superstar potential when he's when he's smiling. And I, I'm excited and I hope that that he continues in this way. Cause it, but it feels like every season it's like, oh yeah, I got to do work to be good. I, I, I figured that out last season and then here we are again. And it takes a whole season for him to figure it out. Vladdy does feel like a star to me. He's incredibly charming. His his smile makes your eye look right at it. It makes me smile when he smiles. Um, he's he's got sort of that uh, Adrian Beltre Miguel Cabrera playfulness to him. Um, and I and so in the contrast to Kevin Biggio, Kevin's very mm -hmm. serious. He's always he's never really seems like he's having fun. It's just business. And as, as great of a player he is, you're absolutely right that when Vladdy's playing well and when he is relaxed enough to be himself, he's so lovable. Yeah. So we got to protect and him. And I think that's half the frustration. It's like, I want to love this guy. He's just frustrating me because he is, it's almost like he's our kid or something. We just want him to do so well. And we do put a lot of pressure on him. But also, you know, he has a job to do. And so it is frustrating, as you said, when he feels seems like he has to relearn every season you know it's only his second season but that he he has to put in a certain work to be to be good because he even said oh it's not my swing it's my conditioning well, so, well who's in charge of that you final game against the Rays um today really glad that we're finishing with the Rays it, the, the whole season so far it just feels like every game is so desperate there's, ne there's never any sort of comfort on a winning side. It, we're just scrapping by. Um, we haven't had many games on both sides, at least. Like, we haven't gotten ahead 
by a bunch of runs, but also when we have gotten behind by some runs, it doesn't feel like we're completely out of hope. We, we will scrap and fight back, but it's just, it's so tense. You know, we can't find any All these games are tense. They're so, yeah. they're so close. There's so many extra inning games, and the extra innings are terrifying now, especially when you're the visiting team and you don't score in your half. Oh, God, it just feels like the game is over. Yeah. And I do like the the new extra inning things with a guy on second. I find it really exciting. But when you keep doing it, when you keep having these one-run games, when you keep having extra inning games, it's taxing as a fan. I think, as you mentioned in the in the one good reason, we're we're in a bit of trouble here with our pitching staff. Um, and I think it's worse than it looks like. And it's it's crazy in this short season and without the minor leagues how quickly you can go from feeling like you're in a place of depth and strength to just pure terror in terms of how are we going to patch this up. So no, I don't, I don't know what the deal with, with Trent Thornton is. We're still waiting on a second opinion. At least uh, we were this, this morning. I don't know if that's come out while we've been recording here. Trent Thornton is out for, I'm assuming again for another couple weeks. Shoemaker's on a 10 day IL. And now, because of the way that we've been playing, where every every game is tight, and where our starters can't get past the fifth inning, so we're bringing in all of these awesome dudes who are filling long relief, like Barucky, Kay, Hatch, um, Julian Merriweather. All of that has been our strength, our bullpen, and being able to basically pitch more innings out of the bullpen than we have as starters. But now we're going to take that strength with Kay and Hatch, those guys, and move them into starters. And now when those guys get in trouble in the fourth, where do we go to fill in? It's just like we're going to get start getting yeah, thinner. Yeah, now you're going to start to see a lot more Yamaguchi, a lot more Waggis Pack, a lot more Wilmer Font. Cavillio, man. That's what we need to be yeah, worried Cavillio. about. Not necessarily Yamaguchi anymore, maybe, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like a win-lose. It's like, luckily, we have all this depth in starting pitching, but also that starting pitching has been a major strength for us in the bullpen. Yes. And how? And it's also just not that easy a thing, I wouldn't imagine, to, you're a starter. No way, you're a bullpen guy now. Okay, now you're going back to being a starter. It's just constantly changing the way that you're going to pitch because when you see Anthony Kay come out of the bullpen sometimes, he's getting it up to 97 mm -hmm. And I don't imagine you're going to see that with him as a starter, but how much of the muscle memory of that does he have in his body at this point and how easy of an adjustment is that to make? I have no idea. I don't know either, and I don't know. My guess is that they don't really try and change it too much, and they try and think of it more as openers who kind of keep going if they do well. I think, I again, I don't know how to how to coach a bullpen, but in or or be a pitching coach, but in my mind, I'm going to try and make things as similar as possible. I'm not going to be getting it in their head that they need to be prepping for hours on the day before. I want to try and make it seem like, okay, you're starting the game. You might do one or two innings. Don't, don't do too much different. Warm up kind of quickly beforehand like you're coming in for a relief appearance, and if you get in trouble, we'll pull you out. It's just the same. Don't get in your head too much about it. And uh, we got we got guys behind you. You don't need to worry about it. That would be me. 
I'm wondering if you don't do like a little duo, like if Kay and Hatch don't almost become like a little duo and maybe you give Merriweather a chance to start as well because it just feels like if these guys can only go a certain amount of innings, like let's say, I don't know, yeah, three, I think three, four, then you're just going to run into a problem. So you'd want to have K and then Hatch so that you could get six innings, let's say, maybe possibly seven, and then you wouldn't have to use the Gavilios. You wouldn't have but to... But that doesn't... <laughs> I know it still leaves you another two hole. Two other holes. Because you... That's the yeah. problem. I don't think you can do that with K and Hatch but because you need them starting on the separate days, hoping you can get three from each of them on separate days when people are rested and spread out. You got to spread out the innings. Yeah. Unless there's some version where they can go to a four-man rotation. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think it makes sense with these guys at this point who can't pitch can't pitch length anyways. And another thing, too, that's a little bit scary is, you know, Roark doesn't look that good. Nope. So what does that leave you with? Anderson looks okay, but he also doesn't look that good either. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, luckily they're going into well, I shouldn't say luckily they're going into Boston because Boston's got some guys who can mash, but at least they're going up against some weak yeah. pitching on the other end themselves. But it's like a rush to get better at this point. I think I think it has to they have to think of it as mash fest and they have to sacrifice pitching stats and let scores get run up on guys and just keep eating through innings even if they're doing poorly because if if you start taking out a guy because he had two runs brought in on him then we're not going to get anywhere they have to start they have to start saying to Ryu in the fifth inning yeah you had a 30 pitch outing and you're we thought your pitch count was at 100 and you're at 94 going into the six but uh can you can you try and get another couple outs for us can you get one more out? Why not use that six pitches? See if he can get one guy out for you. I don't get that. Yeah. I think they're going to have to throw some analytics out the window to kind of get through this time. And, you know, luckily it's the Orioles after the Red Sox. So now's, a, now's maybe a good time if you're going to have to experience injuries anyway. But you better get ready for facing New York because that's going to be awful if if uh the pitching if you can't at least get a start yeah and it's it's interesting going from you know listening to baseball central and writer's block those guys being like i don't think you i don't think you try bringing thornton back this season if he's got some issues to like we we need him even if he isn't good just to just to be a guy well i hear that but when it's the elbow that's so risky you're asking a guy to maybe throw his career out the window for you in a 60 well, game obviously season. not that far i just mean if he if he's like if he is good to go again then you got to bring him out he was stretching his elbow out even before the start they were showing a video of him uh, in right field holding on to his elbow kind of in a with a concerned look on his face so but who knows what that guys means i'm sure gonna... every pitcher is always like stretching out their elbow being like i hope it today isn't the day yeah, but I mean, he was just out because of his elbow. No, for sure. So it's a little bit more alarming. But anyway, as we were saying, Tanner Roark, he's on the mound today against the Rays. Not just the Rays. Will... Blake Snell. I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not 
as scared of Blake Snell as uh, I was last season. Well, he's but. coming off his best start of the season against the Yankees last outing, so he's feeling pretty good and confident coming in. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a test, no doubt. It's a three o'clock start. Gotta love the Monday day games. Uh, we'll, maybe I wonder if Vogelback is able to join the team tonight. If we'll see uh, him, or maybe there's COVID protocols that they have to deal with. Yeah. I can't imagine it happens as quickly as it used to in the past, but maybe. Yeah. I would assume that he needs like a day or something after traveling, two days maybe of quarantine, get a couple of negative tests before he comes on the, on the, with the team, but who knows? We'll find out today. Have a good Monday, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow.